On episode 26 of the Goblin Trashmasters, we're joined again by our very special guest, Ashley, to discuss the new hotness in Pioneer, Boros Convoke. I'm Kyle, joined by my partner in crime, Anthony. Say hello, Anthony. Hello, Can you hear me? Oh, Anthony. Why does my voice sound like this? Goddamn piece of shit in that garbage bullshit asshole. Fuckwit piece of shit. Anthony? Well, Anthony has lost in the Matrix again, so let's talk some trash. fuck is up nerds oh i you know the, the sky i don't know stuff not my self-esteem this is why we don't <laughs> let the goyam make jokes <laughs> our main topic today is the boros convoke deck it is popping up all around pioneer messing up people's events messing up people's testing oh, yeah. for the rc in dallas Messing up my sure testing is. for the RC in Dallas. Making <laughs> uh, main board board sweepers a priority. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, is like, what makes this deck so annoying is that you can know that you need to have access to main deck sweepers, but you also know that 40% of the field is still going to be fucking Rakdos. Yep. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, like, you can put, like, for uh you can put four temporary lockdowns in the main deck but then like you still have to play against rakdos mm -hmm. almost half mm -hmm. of your matches um so yeah it kind of puts players in a really tough spot where you can get caught with your pants down by this boros convoke deck or you can make your deck embarrassingly full of blank cards against rakdos and yeah. that was basically where I was. You know, I was in a spot mm -hmm. where I could, I could, I could tweak mono green a lot and play like multiple ratchet bombs. But, or, but then I would, or just I would play lose the percentage. Deck. Yes, Ashley, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's uh, the end of my sentence. Um, uh, just playing the deck. <laughs> yeah, you could either tweak what you had to try and beat it and make yourself weaker to Rakdos. Or you could play Rakdos and tweak it to beat Boros and then just kind of be in an awkward spot in the mirror. Or you could just play Boros. And that is where I've ended up. Now, I did have the opportunity to play it in one RCQ for Atlanta before I took it down for the RC in Dallas, and I did get my qualification for Atlanta on that one. Yay! Which, hooray! Yeah, Anthony had so much fun doing it, too. <laughs> Listen, I think this deck is I think this deck is garbage. And I was <laughs> desperately I was hoping so hard that I would I would sit down to play it. I would go 0-2 and I'd be like, oh, okay, this deck had a few, had a good weekend or two, and all of the the Hogak claims are way, way overhyped. Now, mm -hmm. for what it's worth, I think they are overhyped, but, you know, not by a lot. At the end of the day, 
this deck says, hey, it's turn three. We are in the end game now. Yeah, the yeah. deck is super, super fast. Like, it, it, it'll just get you. It is just a turn faster than everything else in the format. Like, we have whiteboarded out this mm-hmm. format. That whiteboard's available on our website. Like, you can find a link to it right there. We have the goldfish turns for all of these decks as to who's killing you on what turn if they don't get interacted with. And the fastest decks are a turn slower than this, which is terrifying. Like, this is the kind of situation that causes formats to get homogenized. Um, I think Mm -hmm. we're going to still see an awful lot of red black. I really think that we're not dipping below that 40% mark this weekend. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. Um, What we want to do is we want to kind of go over the Boros Convoke deck. And the hard part about it is the deck is pretty new. So there's not really a consensus build on it yet. People are playing some real fucking stinkers in there. And the good versions of the deck, in my opinion, are playing cards that do not strike me as constructed playable magic cards right off the bat. No, no. Like (laughs) half the deck is just a bunch of draft chaff that actually works well with it, you know? Yes. So we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about what the basic game plan is for the deck, what variants of the deck you might see. Mm hmm playing over the next few weeks if you opt for self-respect and choose not to play this deck yourself then we're going to talk about how do i interact with it profitably what sort of stuff is actually good against it because i've heard some really shitty takes about oh poros <laughs> convoke just can't beat a arboreal grazer dumb <laughs> that's real stupid <laughs> Real yeah. smooth brain. The goal of this deck is to present a like really problematic board and advance the game state to the late game by turn three at the latest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And you do this by double spelling on turn two and three. And normally, you know, your aggro decks can double spell on two by going one drop, one drop, and on three by going one drop, two drop. This deck has the ability to just go turn two, in some cases, two drop, two drop, two drop, three drop, you know, attack Mm -hmm. you for attack you for 11 on turn two it's it's pretty messed up that damn convoke ability convoke is tough convoke is tough yeah and there's there's the two main payoffs of the deck right there's venerated loxodon which is a five mana white convoke creature four and a white for a four four when it enters the battlefield you put a plus one plus one counter on everything you can use to convoke it out So you're incentivized to take that turn off from attacking to just make all of your stuff a little bit bigger. Which is very, very beneficial. Loxodon is terrifying when they tap all of their creatures and they all got real bigger. Especially when it's Ornithopter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, 1-3 Ornithopter is fucking cracked, weirdly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. The other big Convoke payoff is Knight Errant of Eos. Does someone want to read Knight Errant of Eos out? Knight Aaron of Eos. Here, let, let's let me see. I, I love this card. Let's see if I can do it without without looking at it. So it's a oh, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's a four four, uh, four and a white convoke. Um, when it enters the battlefield, look at the top six cards of your library, and you may put two of them into your hand with mana cost X or less, and X is equal to the amount of creatures you convoked with it. Almost exactly. They just need to be creatures specifically. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> kind of. yes. Yay. it's not good it's good enough that's where i live <laughs> oh, believe me i wish i could take a forbidden friendship off of that or a land sometimes uh but oh yeah, yeah. it's kind of dumb 
I think, that they turned Dig Through Time into a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that it's seems, a 4-4 four, four is... Seems like an interesting choice. Huh? So those, the, your main payoffs are those two Convoke creatures and a Reckless Bushwhacker, right? And Reckless mm, Bushwhacker, Bushwhacker is a 3-mana, 2-1 with haste. And what other mechanic? And, okay, <laughs> leave me alone. Uh, it's also got the... It's also got a surge ability, which is an alternate casting cost that you can only use if you've cast another spell this turn. So that means that you can go Ornithopter, pay one in a red because that's the surge cost. And when it comes in, it gives everything plus one, plus zero and haste. Now that with Gleeful Demolition. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. That's a hell of a combination. (laughs) And I like that. I like that because like, We've talked about the three payoffs, and those are all going to be four ofs. That's a core of the deck. We're not messing with that. No matter what mm-hmm. you're seeing, you're seeing those bushwhackers. You're seeing the convoke payoffs, and you're seeing uh, the demolition. And the demolition is one of the big enablers, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, demolition is pretty similar to a card that I've cast a lot in the past, and that is Koldatha Rebirth. And basically, it Kuldatha Rebirth is red, sacrifice an artifact, make three 1-1 one, one goblins. Sorcery. Mm-hmm. Easy. Gleeful Demolition is a bit better. I will not say strictly better, because it's not. <laughs> not in your vocabulary. <laughs> it's, 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 just, it's just objectively not strictly better, right? Because <laughs> Gleeful Demolition says red, sorcery, destroy target artifact. If it was your artifact, make three 1-1 one, one goblin, Phyrexian goblin tokens right Mm -hmm. notable difference here and this is part of what we're talking about is that because sacrificing the artifact is part of the cost for Clodotha rebirth and not part of the cost for gleeful demolition means that if somebody has targeted removal for the artifact that you're targeting then your gleeful Uh. demolition doesn't resolve and compare that to Clodotha rebirth you're just like cast Clodotha rebirth paying the cost sacrifice this clue token or whatever Mm -hmm. so gleeful demolition is a one drop that feeds really nicely into your Convoke payoffs or your Bushwhacker. And it's great in both of those situations, of course. Oh, yeah. And where are we getting those artifacts from? We've got some more enablers. Basically, every deck is running four copies of Fuldaran Epicure and four copies of Thraven Inspector. Thraven Inspector's back. I love it. <laughs> I love casting Thraven Inspector. It's so um, good. But basically, Thraben Inspector is a one-mana one-two that when it comes into play, you make a clue token. Sick. And Voldarn Epicure is a red one-mana one-one that when it enters the battlefield, you make a blood token and, and, and hit your opponent for one. Which is not bad in More the tokens. aggro deck. No. Love, nope. love them blood tokens. <laughs> it's just an extra damage. I have definitely dealt lethal with Voldarn Epicures. Feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it really feels like killing them with a gut shot back in the day. Oh, yeah. But the important thing about both of these enablers is that they both make artifact tokens, which then feed your gleeful demolition. You also have access to four ornithopters as artifacts that you can gleefully demolish or as just surge enablers in general. And convoke as well. You know, them, them being zero mana and you can just slam one or even two if you're lucky and just convoke something out. Yep, Ornithopter in this deck does its best Mox impersonation, I think. Yeah. It like sneakily does Mox. that. Now, worth keeping in mind that when you're resolving when so your opponent's resolving these convoke spells, that all the convoke creatures are white. So they can't like 
Voldaren Epicure. They can't do like Voldaren Epicure, Goblin Tokens, and an Ornithopter and Convoke out like that because they have not been, we're not able to pay the white on that. So okay. in general, targeting the white creature, the only white creature is a great way to make sure that they can't get their payoffs, right? The main other difference between the two versions of the deck is one version runs Burning Tree Emissary to play Burning Tree Emissary, make a red and a green. You can play a second Burning Tree Emissary, make a red and a green. You can play a third Burning Tree Emissary. So that enables you to go like <laughs> turn one, one drop, turn one, a turn two, Emissary, 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 Surge, Bushwhacker. Hit them for 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 on turn two. God. Or I mean, if you go the like. Four is, the, the ceiling's the four high, is happy right? Christmas land. Yeah, the ceiling's high. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, is you don't need all four to do all of that. Mm -mm. Right? What's upsetting yeah. is that, let's say your hand is kind of a little more mopey with Burning Tree Emissary. You can go turn one Thraben Inspector, turn two Burning Tree Emissary, and, and an Ornithopter lets you convoke out all of your guys mm -hmm. yeah seems seems nutty <laughs> it's 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 yes. wild the other version is a little bit more tuned for longevity in that they play clarion spirit and that's the one and a mm -hmm. white for a two two that when you cast your second spell on a turn you make a one one spirit it kind of helps them stay wide against decks that are trying to remove their creatures cards good both versions are scary and uh unfortunately for you playing against it it's going to be hard to id based on the mana base what's going on because both versions are pretty maxed out on dual lands they're like play they're a two color deck that's playing four shocks four scars lands four pain lands and then like mana confluence yeah yeah like they are and and pathways and to some in some amount like Mm -hmm. The deck does not, the deck has to be able to consistently play a red or a white one drop on turn one. Otherwise, it just doesn't function. So you're not going to really be able to glean any hints from their mana base on which version they are. I know the flyers were but, super annoying playing mono white. Mm -hmm. Yeah, flyers are a great way to break it. Mm -hmm. Flyers are a great way to break that board stall out. Um, mm -hmm. Which happens, especially in the mirror or in any aggro mirror against a target red against yeah. mono white. Um, yeah. The board kind of gets clogged up and Clarion Spirit is just like, hey, I'm happy. Let's just let this be clogged up and just break through that way. I'm going to pose the question to you all. You do all not right. want, let's say you do not want to play this at all. You're like, I am okay. not spending four or five dollars a pop on venerated <laughs> Loxodons. I'm not <laughs> going to do it. That card is They're four dollars now. Damn. I don't know. I didn't have to buy them because I had a still put together mono white aggro deck from Rivals of Ixalan <laughs> standard. Of course you did. <laughs> I just took them out of just there. Just randomly on your desk, probably just chilling in your desk, on your desk, behind it. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just had it good to go. And I was like, I was just like, oh, venerated loxodons. I know I have those. Where are they? And I was just like, oh, I played them in that mono white aggro deck. And I was just like, Oh, that's where my Legion's landings are too. Okay, easy. Okay, I know where that is. And I went and I opened the deck box and it was there and I took them out and put them in the deck. Easy. Uh, that's how you find most of these cards. It's just standard decks from ages ago. Yeah, seriously, if you want to not spend money, uh, so much money on magic, play standard. Like, yeah, nerds. Play I have standard. An, 
I have an embarrassingly large collection of cards. I have cards for everything. I lend out cards all the damn time. And most of them come from me having played them in standard. And there are cards that people have desperately needed for major events that I've been able to hand to them that I can guarantee you I picked up out of like packs that got left on a table at an LGS five years before that. (laughs) That's just value. (laughs) Like I've got this canker bloom right here on the desk. Mm -hmm. Garen motherfucking Mm -hmm. T.U. Few years down the road, somebody is going to desperately message me at 1 a.m. the day before an event. Hey, do you have <laughs> canker blooms? <laughs> and that's my yeah, problem. right here on my desk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me let me let me go to the the, the bulk desk. <laughs> <laughs> the bulk desk. Yeah, I got the bulk desk. I got I've got the the card hotels above my head right now. I'm looking up at them. We've got stuff color and format sorted up here ready to go. But I'm going to ask you all, let's say you do not want to play this deck. I don't want to play this garbage. Get that out of here. What are we doing? What are we doing to kind of answer it? Now, as a heads up, we have been testing this pretty extensively in our testing group and just mm-hmm. like really going into it. So we have some information on here. Now we're recording this before the Dallas RC, but this will release the Monday after the RC. So mm-hmm. we're Super cool to be giving out all this information after the RC. So by the time you're, you're hearing this, uh, <laughs> you will have the benefit of just an absurd amount of testing with some, oh yeah, with some pretty great players and some pretty great guys. So what are you recommending if we don't want to play this deck? Well, what are our interaction points? I so I I have played against this deck quite a lot in testing, and I've been testing mono white uh myself and ashley have been testing mono white and yep. i've i've liked that deck in this meta because another aggressive deck it's it's been it's been a mainstay in pioneer for a while uh but i think you kind of being the aggressive deck in mono white and also a disruptive deck helps a lot and i will tell you if you're going to play mono white put three mana thalia in your deck because it's great in the meta normally, but against Convoke... Don't, don't play that. That card's terrible. <laughs> Shut up, Mono Green player. Get out of here. <laughs> no, don't do that. That's bad. Don't listen to Anthony. Like, play it, because it, I, I've played against Boros a lot, and it's if they can't Convoke a Loxodon or can't get like a super, super good like Knight Aaron of Eos or Loxodon Convoke out, and their creatures are keeping coming in tapped, I've had I had an opponent gleeful uh, demolition and all three of them come into play tapped and they go oh shit uh, I forgot about that and they play a lot of non basic lands as well and this is a very hyper aggressive deck obviously but if it's getting grindier mm-hmm. and they're not able to play a a boros land a red and white land it's very very difficult for them to keep that hyper aggressive strategy going. And if you're mm-hmm. you the mono white player just building up your your board, playing Thalia's lieutenants, playing Adeline's, you know, if yeah. it's at post board, playing wedding announcements, like uh and just having the game go long and you top deck a brave the elements, like boom, GG, you got there. I, I yeah, absolutely it's... agree with none of that whatsoever. Really? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> any of that is a plan. I don't think you bring in your three mana card that makes a one one on your end step in that matchup. I think that they're pretty good at presenting both red and white blockers and they're not meaningfully trying to interact with you so i don't know how great good brave is 
I do like the idea of my opponent that's on if I'm on a white, my opponent that's playing exclusively non-basics, making all of their lands Boros Guild Gates. That's really cool. But I don't want to be spending three mana for a non-Adeline card that gets answered cleanly for one mana. Like, I don't want to go down two mana on the deck that's bringing in four Rending Volleys on that. I don't think you can justify keeping in Brave the Elements for four cards. I really think that you're going to be on the defense or you're going to be on the defense early, but like getting the two mana Thalia into play and and you get to stonewall them a little bit early. You get to make their some of their non their their few non creature spells more expensive, which matters. You want the cheap removal, right? You post, want the you board. want your post board. You want those uh, you want those portable holes and stuff like that and uh, ossifications to kind of get the stuff, the big stuff out of the way. And then you just want to get a Luminarch Aspirant down. You just gum up the board, and then all of a sudden, your creatures are all just bigger than theirs, and and you will eventually just be able to make some really profitable attacks. I think if you try to get in under this deck, you're going to struggle. And well, I it- think 3 Manathalia is good. I don't know how correct it is to have that in the sideboard at the moment, but it would be reasonable in the matchup, but I definitely wouldn't put it in my sideboard for this matchup, if that makes sense. So they need four to five creatures, right, in order to convoke? The uh, they ones? need five. They're, all their convokers cost five. So that okay. means that they need four creatures in a land or three creatures in two lands, stuff like that. So if you're curving out in white, you would want to then play play a portable hole this is post board of course play a portable hole grab a creature to put them down one play a second one if you can and then if you're on turn three you can still play a creature you might not be up Mm -hmm. creatures but they'll be down two so they won't be able to convoke next turn without doing some work right yeah imagine a imagine a game where you as mono white are on the draw your opponent goes first and they go like sacred foundry Thraben Inspector, and you go like one of your Savannah Lions go, and then they go. Pretty common play. It involves one of their eight ofs and one of their four ofs and one of their another one of their eight ofs. So like it's not an unusual. This is not an unusual turn two. Is where they go. Sec. They go second one drop. Gleeful convoke out one of their payoffs. Right, and if okay. If you simply have a if you simply have a portable hole on that on that like three bin inspector on turn one, instead, you set them back by a full turn. And then you get to just go like double one drop on two or whatever. That that makes a really big difference, I think, being able to answer one of those creatures, preferably the white creature if you can, because it's the one that helps pay the white on that convoke cost, right? If you're on mm. the play and you hit turn to Thalia, like if you have that in opening hand, that would make it's non-creature, so it would make Gleeful Demolitions cost more. So that definitely gums them <laughs> up a little bit. Gleeful Demolitions and Forbidden Friendship, which is like yeah. a card that, that kind of matters against you. It just makes a 1-1 Haste Dinosaur that's red and a 1-1 White Soldier. Um, yeah. So it's just two creatures. It does gum up the board a little bit. But you're okay with that. Like your general, I think your general game plan in that matchup as the mono white deck is to just kind of get in the way, like just fill out the board and make it because all of their guys are X ones or if they've convoked a Loxodon, they're going to be X twos, right? Like you are happy to trade creatures all day. Like you just kind of want to keep their total creature count low 
and just make attacking like really shitty. Yeah. Um, and that's like that's a plan for a lot of the aggro decks in this format against this. There are a lot of decks that are aggressive decks that are kind of forced into a defensive posture. And the way that they handle that defensive posture is just put stuff in the way. And like I said, if you've mm -hmm. got three mana Thalia in your board, I think it's worth bringing in. But I'm not positive of what other matchups you want the three mana Thalia for. Besides, it's it's really good against mono green. Yeah, I mean it's 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 mainly the mono green matchup, and I, I run it in the main. I don't run it out of the sideboard. My sideboard's pretty pretty stock at this point. How it's many? Three, huh? How many three drops are you running in the main? Nine. Oh my. Okay. So is it just <laughs> the one of? You do four Adelines, four Brutals, one. Thalia? I do. I do two Thalia, two Brutal, three Adeline, and then two Night Aaron of Eos is uh, or the or my bigger ones. Oh, uh, you're on a brew. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you're you're on a brew. I was like, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not the uh, generic one. It's been it's uh, more of it has more of a mid rangey thing out of the board and like in the main deck. I I just do the uh, 12, 12 one drops and twelve two drops and then just those are the bigger ones that i run mm -hmm. but i mean right. like i've had some success against boros with this because i've only played it like, like it's been 50 percent of my matchups and i haven't been like it has been horrible with the game plan i've been doing now i do agree with <laughs> everything you've been saying too but you know it's i, I stand by three mana Thalia. it might not be great but i stand by her <laughs> even if she is a cop even if she is a cop. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I just, so I would not recommend anybody playing mono white to put three mana Thalia in their deck unless you're doing something like Kyle's doing and just like going like way bigger because mm -hmm. I, I just couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine playing less than four Adeline in that deck because like you get to, you get to, I think that deck probably gets to hang with red black, like actually slug it out with red black a little better than mono, yes. than the traditional mono white does. Whereas mm -hmm. traditional mono white is probably more likely to be able to like get in underneath red black. I don't think that yeah. one will as much, but it's still pretty. It's still it's still an aggressively slanted deck, right? We're talking about a difference of like eight to ten cards. Yeah, at most. Yeah. 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 Now for red black against Boros, uh, it's uh, honestly I think you just hope to have some removal because if you're just if you have if you keep a slow hand against this deck playing Rakdos, it's really tough. Especially like game one when you still have Thoughtseize in your deck, and you Thoughtseize your opponent, you go down to eighteen and you see Boros convoke. You're just like, shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The general plan for if you are not one of these decks that can kind of gum up the board, right? Then you want to be thinking sweepers, right? Like sweepers are good. Sweepers yes. are are really good in, in against this deck. Um, one sweeper isn't an auto win for you though. Like this is not your traditional aggro deck. This deck is very good at rebuilding. One of their four fours puts two creature cards into their hand and sets them up to rebuild really well. Okay. And if you're sweeping at a low life total, you have to consider the fact that they might just go like Voldaren, Epicure, Surge, Bushwhacker, hit you for four plus the one from yeah. the Bushwhacker, right? Like mm -hmm. very scary stuff. So just wiping the board on turn four, like saying, ah, Supreme Verdict keep that. There's a good chance that that's not going to be enough. There's a reasonable, there's like a reasonable, reasonable chance that you don't get to play your fourth land and cast your Supreme Verdict. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Because turn um, four is the the turn that this deck consistently just gets people. Like like or even yeah. earlier, three R four. So it presents lethal on three pretty reasonably often, but it presents okay. lethal on four a lot, a lot, a lot. So if they are on the play, your sweeper on four and nothing else in the middle is not gonna do it for you. So you kind of want to think about how you're going to interact with this deck. And you need to be able to interact with a wide board on turn three. And we talked about like mono white and your Atarka red and your aggro decks do interacting with a wide board by just saying, hey, here's a bunch of shit. There's just cards in the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, just throw stuff at it. Yeah. Just put stuff and make in them the larger. Way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then eventually you make them larger and you can just, then it doesn't, in a world full of one ones, the two two reigns supreme, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you're not on the type of deck that can kind of flood the board, like you're a Rakdos deck or something like that, you really have to have an actual plan as to how am I going to interact with this without diluting the core of my deck too much? And for Rakdos, often that's going to be sweepers. That's going to be stuff like Languish or Extinction Ritual Event. Soot. When I thought out. Ritual of Soot is, is reasonable. I think you should not be playing Ritual right now in Rakdos just because the Boros deck will bring in Lightfield Array or uh, Invasion of Gobicon against you. And yeah. mm-hmm. they will have Lightfield Array to counter your sweeper. And... Mm-hmm. And uh, the other big one is Meatball, like the old Meat Hook Massacre. Very good. Mm. They can just like Meat Hook yeah, for one on three and then gain some life. And then all of a sudden the Boros deck is way on the back foot. But you need to be ready to to sweep and and then close out the game before they rebuild, right? Uh, Rakdos is pretty well positioned, I think, to be able to do something like that. Blue-white decks that kind of aren't like blue-white. Those are the decks that kind of have to have sweeper into sweeper with a removal spell at some point. Yeah, I've seen a lot of them running temporary lockdown in the main. We talked about it earlier. It's sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not. But against a lot of uh, blue white lists, main decking at least like one or two of uh, temporary lockdown just to combat this deck. Because, like we said, if they can't get to supreme verdict on four, they're just dead. Temporary lockdown is a fucking beating. Temporary lockdown is yeah. probably the single best card against this deck. Uh, because it answers a bunch of their stuff. Yeah. It does it a turn earlier than it normally would be able to. And it cleans up clue and blood tokens too. And you can't gleeful demolition it away. You can't then gleeful demolition your leftover token. Because usually if somebody sweeps, like I've had somebody sweep me on four and I've just been like, okay, untap, play my third land, gleeful demolition, my leftover blood token surge out bushwhacker it hits you for eight nice sweeper idiot (laughs) yeah at the end of the day i think this deck is like really good at shrinking down the game to a really small number of turns and telling your opponent hey you have got your opening hand to interact with me meaningfully by turn three or you're dead and if as an opponent you can answer that you're like hey i say ashley you need to be able to meaningfully interact with me before turn three and actually says, oh, good, the way my hand lines up, I can. Then you have to, then you get to play the game, right? Yeah. You you have to, Just it kind of feels like that old Ragavan check, right? Yeah. It yeah. feels like that old Ragavan check in Modern right after MH2 got printed, where, mm-hmm. you know, you had to be able to answer the Ragavan on one. You've answered the Ragavan on one. Okay, great. Now we get to just play a game of magic. 
Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. like you answer the Ragavan on one and you win. It's you answer this or you lose. Okay, now we get to play. And if every single game you're playing starts with you saying answer this or lose to your opponent, I just have trouble justifying playing a different deck for any event that matters. It makes sense. So this Boros Convoke deck, terrible at playing defense. They're mm. great at making large number of garbage creatures. Those creatures act as mana sources to catapult them ahead by turns at a time. The downside <laughs> of this from Boros deck's perspective, every time one token gets killed is a bit like a stone rain against you. It makes it harder to rebuild on the following turn or advance your game plan. So it's it's bad and interacting in any way during game one with the only real interactive spell being giant killer or chop down. Post board, there are some spells that can come in to make this deck more interactive, but it's always going to be pretty limited. If you are able to put Boros Convoke on the back foot and force them to defend, you're putting yourself into a winning position. Unfortunately, given the fact that Boros Convoke is operating a full turn ahead of the rest of the format, the deck most well-equipped to do this is the Boros Convoke Mirror. Yeah, it's so tough to try, try and put that deck on the back foot early. Um, most other aggro decks kind of get to play like weird play like weird control decks for the first three turns of the game, like Atarka Red is absolutely mm-hmm. the control deck in that matchup, right? Yeah. Um, you do need to break serve if you're trying to beat Boros Convoke. You do need to eventually turn the corner because they'll just be able, yeah. like, they'll be able to present a lot of damage out of nowhere if you leave them alone. But a good way just attack, if you're able to safely attack their life total and you get them to the point where they have to start blocking, all their creatures are fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, one well, ones and- are... And their hope <laughs> with getting above the aggro decks is to play out those one ones and then convoke a venerated locks venerated lockstone in and make them bigger. That's their hope mm-hmm. against like the mm-hmm. aggro stuff. That's their only way, really, make because otherwise more chunky. Yeah, they can't. Mm-hmm. They don't really grow that much. And then their second, their second best, just from like what I've seen in the few games I've played, the flyers. Like strangely, that ornithopter being that one three is a little annoying. And I mm-hmm. am speaking. From the yeah. perspective of playing a mono white deck right now, but still, like, there are other places I can see that that is super annoying to some. So, yeah, whether it's an aggro mirror like this versus like mono white, it's tough. Like, and even uh, um, in some testing I did with my friend who wants to play this deck at the RCQ we're going to in Louisville on Saturday, uh, like, he he almost beat me just by swinging two one three ornithopters, like. For yeah. a couple turns, like I had a, a Shieldred, uh, a, f- a Fable, uh, and two Bone Crushers, and he just kept chipping away at me with like one, three flyers, and just like I'm gonna die to to, yep. to Ornithopter beats, like yep. it, it, like them being flying and the uh, the the one one spirits, like it, it's not quite like Young Pyromancer, but it's it's close enough. Like he, it, it can just go super wide and then just one one flyers. They get the job done when they come in mass, you know, when there's when there's five of them, it's a substantial clock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, like I'm thinking of playing them. I'm, I'm not thinking of playing. I am playing the mono white in the RCQ. So like mm-hmm. or on Saturday. So I'm thinking I'm I'm wanting the, the cheap removal and put them down early. And two Manathalia having first strike is super, super impactful against all the derpy one ones that they put yep. out. Mm-hmm. And even if they like 
surge out a bushwhacker, it's a two one, and your Thalia still gets to eat the creature for free, mm-hmm. and you get to trade yep. across, and then be left with a Thalia. Like you're very happy with that. So for that reason, I think that as a mono white deck, you do have to be aware that post board, uh, your Boros opponents are usually going to be boarding out their reckless bushwhackers against you. So you don't so much have to worry mm-hmm. about them and play around those. Okay, that is good to now, think about. Now, how does mono green compete with this deck? Because I know you've played this deck and you've played mono green like m- many a times. Like mm-hmm. I know mono green can kind of go wide or just put, you know, throw things in front of it. But it's more of like, here's like two to three, four fives or four fours. Mm-hmm. Does the Boros deck just continue to go wide and kind of ignore what they're doing and have the same game plan? That's what I found is that the Boros deck gets to just like say, okay, I'm suiciding my 2-1 into your old growth troll, whatever, take mm-hmm. eight. And then... Um, that, that's what I was thinking, yeah. yeah. And then worse <laughs> off for any of the decks that are planning to wall up and just flood the board and make a big mess and say, you can't get through, you have to close the game because mm-hmm. mono green and mono white both have to worry about this. But the Boros deck is bringing in Magmatic Chasm out of the sideboard which says creatures without flying can't block. So they get to Ooh. just chasm punch through. It's their own it's their own crappy uh brave the elements impression. So yeah. all your reach creatures just don't do anything anymore. I will say that I think with this deck like hold over the format, I th- I think we can safely say that now that it's tough for the slower decks. Like we mentioned blue white control and things like right. that, but I think like creativity and fires like enigmatic fires and lotus field really suffer with this deck in the format because we talked about like anthony and i talked about during our pioneer pro tour episode where with all the decks that had that were in the top eight or just in the field there like the 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 format kind of went up a turn and Mm -hmm. you know with this deck and mono white seeing more play as well and you know a tarka red and things like that like but mainly boros convoke just being the juggernaut it is right now, Pioneer has gone down a turn. Like it's it's yeah. turn four or bust. Like yeah. you you can easily be dead on turn four. Well, and this one can do it on turn three. Like when we did yeah. that whiteboard session, yeah. all the decks it was turn four goldfish. Like mm-hmm. this this can goldfish on at three. the earliest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> I've 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 seen that happen, and man, it's terrifying. And like you brought up Lotus Field and Lotus Field just wants to be left alone. It doesn't have much yeah. creature interaction it, all at none. once. Yeah, it doesn't. And so like it, it all, has nothing. All of it's out of the board. Yeah, yep. It's got nothing. Like, it's got the it, wish I package. Really think, like, but. For sure. I think Lotus Field just suffers here. Um, yeah. Which and, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Like, all totally Lotus Field players go, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. Like, I've just, I've played against Lotus Fields a lot. And I just, you know, it's just watching my opponent just untap and tap all their lands, or not all their lands, two of their lands, let's be right. real. Uh, that, you know, and they're like floating up, like casting Poro the Pages, floating a blue, untapping, drawing three cards, discarding, just accruing value. And I'm just sitting there. Holding my little cards, just going like, "Am I dead?" Yeah, I'll I'll go get a sandwich, you know, <laughs> like and a drink. You tell me if if I lose or if you fizzle <laughs> or something, because like I just I just don't want to sit here and just stare at you, like. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, like, and I I I really do apologize for all the Lotus players that have to deal with this deck now because they're just like 
because mm-hmm. I've seen them go off like really early, even on turn yeah, four sometimes. But for sure, this they one, can go fish on turn like, four. Yeah, and, and this time against like Boros Convoke, it's just like you know you turn a dude sideways, and it's just like well, like a boreal grazer isn't going to help you in no. in this fight. Mm-mm. You know, like it sure is Yeah, it's an O three and it blocks and all that yeah. stuff. But <laughs> when there's five other creatures, it doesn't matter if it's blocking a one one. Well, and that know? that creature that creature doesn't die, so it's just there for yeah. it to invoke something else yeah, out that's it's big. Still like, there. what do you do, yeah, man? It's still there. It doesn't trade yeah. with it or anything like that. So it's yeah. just yeah. I think like creativity fires and Lotus Field really do suffer. Yeah. Um, with this deck in the format, and you know, like it's it's we're, we're a Boros. We went from like a we're we're a Traxa people to we're uh, we're the uh, gleeful demolition people now. <laughs> yeah, it definitely went down. It's it's an aggressive format now, and I think it's honestly like I think it's cool that we've seen the ebb and flow of the Pioneer format because a lot of people have talked about Pioneers like oh it's like four decks or it's like eight decks like it's it, it's boring it's things like that. No, it's 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 been ever changing, like honestly since the Pro Tour and. I'm 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 kind of mm-hmm. happy for it, you know. I I don't like getting turn three by this deck, <laughs> but I'm I'm happy like a different deck is coming and is being successful. So no, that's nice. Well, and I don't know who who knows how this and other things might change it up a little bit. You know, changing up doesn't yeah. hurt anything. I don't think. Yeah, or what like spicy tech comes out to defeat it or in it or you know when really good players get a chance to brew with like with newer decks like. I mean, I don't think this deck like this deck might be solved, but I wouldn't be surprised if some random card from like five years ago shows up and everybody's like, "Oh shit, that's actually really cool." Yeah, and, or makes it good, or just oh yeah, this deck is it. not close. Yeah. All right, we have a fun little guessing game this evening. Uh, it's your favorite card that took over a format, and I, I will assume <laughs> that Anthony has like a list of five cards maybe that he loved playing in one deck formats but you know uh, (laughs) i've got i've got i've got i've got some ideas i know what my card is how about you all yeah i know mine mine. all right let's Mm. find out who's going first i'm gonna spin the wheel Ooh, a wheel spin let fate decide (laughs) wheel of fate we'll let fate decide or whatever this algorithm is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm gonna click to spin do it, spin oh, it. you're spin welcome that wheel this is like the creepiest saw game <laughs> all right we have spun the wheel and we are going to guess ashley's card first it's me okay oh, look at the confetti. So, let's see what we've got for ashley uh, why don't you start uh, off by giving us a hint? I'm going to give a very small hint, because I think that you're going to guess it pretty quick. It, it has one red mana. It is a one red mana card. It's a monkey, isn't it? <laughs> it's a monkey. I knew it's the Ragavan. It. And in my defense, I picked this before Anthony said it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> that little fucking monkey. <laughs> My it God. is. <laughs> I'm right here. I love the fucking monkey. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> God. The monkey's no, Ragavan real cute. Nimble Pilfer. Yes, he is adorable. And 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 he just 
he fucked up some things as far as card format went. He really fucked up Legacy when he was legal in that (laughs) format. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. The modern format. He scrunched it down. And like we were talking about, you had an answer for Ragavan on one, or you did not get to play that game. And if Mm -hmm. you had an answer for Ragavan on one, then you just got to play the game. To play. And it maybe went well for you. It probably didn't. Yeah. (laughs) You still had your regular percentage points that you had for everything else in the matchup. I like that pick because of how dominant that card really was for modern specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I, when I was first around like magic um, and competitive magic, um, much more dominantly was just the card that I heard the most about (laughs) people complained about it or people were buying play sets. So mm-hmm. I was just or, like, or or both, or both. <laughs> yeah. yeah, most of the time yeah. it was both. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. we have another wheel, and it's just me and Anthony. Let's let <laughs> fate decide again. <laughs> so, Kyle, we're looking for a card from you. What do you got for us? I will give you one hint, and it's a quote directly from Anthony. Man, it really sucks watching other people live your dreams. That's my hint. <laughs> That's all you is, get. Is it Thought is Not it Seer? It's Thought Not Seer. Oh. <laughs> I mean, come on. Of course I'm going to fucking pick the Spaghetti Boy. Like, uh, come on. It's very on brand for me. There is nothing better in this world than playing Eldrazi Temple, Eldrazi Temple, Thought Not Seer. And there was nothing better at the time in the modern format than just playing Ayavugan, Endless One, Eldrazi Mimic, <laughs> Turn 2, Eldrazi Temple, Thought Not Seer, Eldrazi Gober. Uh, yeah, Eldrazi Winter definitely warped a format. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and again, I love the Spaghetti Boys. And that quote is what Anthony says to me at every modern event that we play when my opponent sitting across from me is playing Eldrazi Tron. Seems right. Yeah, it's it's very on brand. Yeah. Yeah. Void mirror broke me. It's, it's a beautiful it thing. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. One Deck Format. What hint do you got for us? Yeah. So I'm going to let you know that the card that I am talking about, its first printing was some time ago. I can tell you this much. That can be any time. I can tell you it's first printing. Yeah, in your time, that could be yesterday. Yes, correct. (laughs) (laughs) It was printed, it was uh, first printed in Plane Shift. And it drastically altered Type 2 at the time to the point where it made playing creatures with less than four toughness a terrible, terrible plan. It has been printed. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 times. Good God. Uh, is, this, is this just like another brainstorm? So it's been like, reprinted a lot. game? Yes. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> we is it a that. gold card? No. Okay. Creatures with less than four toughness was a problem with this card. Uh, is it red? It is red. I I assume it's a removal spell. (laughs) And. And. Removal spell and. Oh, I'm trying to. It's a removal spell and a threat. And. 
And a threat. And, and a it's threat? a threat. Oh, it's Flame Tongue Kavu. Uh, it sure is Flame Tongue Kavu. I mean, sure, my pick is 22 years old. I think that that card drastically f- changed. The card drastically changed how people were able to interact with the format. At the end of the day, if you wanted to play a creature, that creature had to be able to survive a Flame Tongue Kavu, and that meant five toughness was important. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.